Hey everybody, welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. This is Management Decisions, where we examine different aspects of being in these leadership positions and the relationships these upper management individuals may have with their direct reports or employees can have a tremendous impact. And a phrase worth discussing in relation to this is empathy deficit disorder. To help us understand what this is, what it looks like, and how to avoid it, we have psychologist Dr. Daniel Goleman joining the show. Dr. Goleman is the co-director of the Consortium for Research on Emotional Intelligence in Organizations, as well as the author of Focus, The Hidden Driver of Excellence. He is also an extremely popular and respected LinkedIn influencer, and I highly encourage all of you to check out his work on LinkedIn as well. Dr. Goleman, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Uh, Jim, it's a pleasure. I guess first and foremost, and we're going to get into details in a moment, but how do you define empathy deficit disorder in general, a simple way for our listeners to understand? Sure. Empathy deficit disorder, uh, which I'm afraid is all too common in, in management today, has to do with the failure to tune into the people uh, whose uh, effectiveness your own job depends on, the people who are doing the work, who you're leading. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, inability to sense how people are hearing what you're saying, whether it's resonating or turning them off, can have profound impact on, uh, you know, general productivity and as well as, uh, you know, retaining talent, the morale of the organization, the emotional climate, all of that matters for business results, but it's a little bit intangible. So I think it's really important for managers to become aware of whether they might be falling prey to this empathy deficit. Yeah. And as you bring up, it can have an effect on so many different aspects of productivity and the employees themselves. What would you point to are some signs that this is going on, maybe within you know your own office, your own business? What would you say are some things you can look out for? Well, some of the signs of this uh, were named in a really good uh, Harvard Business Review article called Leadership Run Amok, hmm. which talks about the kind of leader who's only interested in hitting targets and wants to get there at any cost, runs roughshod over people, you know, yells at them, ignores what their feelings are, what they feel is the best way to act, or uh, whatever they may be saying, you know, reporting back from the front lines. In other words, people who are tone deaf. (laughs) So the result of a tone deaf leader is that people uh, just do good enough to keep their jobs, Mm -hmm. for example. They don't give their all. They don't feel proud to come to work. They don't feel loyal to you. Uh, They don't feel that, you know, that you're really the kind of boss they'd want to work for, uh, or that the person who has that tone deafness is. In fact, you see workers back away from bosses like that, whether they can do so physically or emotionally, uh, they're not going to give their best. When it comes to some of these ideas, uh, you mentioned in an article you had written that there are different types of empathy, different kinds of empathy. Could you touch on those and maybe how they relate to, uh, you know, the place of business, place of work that we're talking about? Absolutely. There are three kinds of empathy. One is cognitive empathy, where you uh, understand how people think, what terms they use in their own mind, what their mental models of the world are. It lets you communicate very effectively with them. You can put things in language that they really understand, Mm -hmm. right on target for them. And there's data that shows that managers with this ability get actually better than expected results from workers because they can uh, communicate so effectively. The second kind is emotional empathy. This means that you feel what the other person is feeling. It's a spontaneous kind of empathy. It's just, you know, uh, you know, that they took what you said in the wrong way. You get a feeling in your own gut, or you know that you're really resonating with someone. 
this is extremely important mm-hmm. uh, in uh, having communications that really resonate, that really move people, that really motivate them. It's important, of course, with clients or customers, too, because you want to have this rapport. But uh, that's a second very different kind of empathy. You can have cognitive empathy without emotional. Then sure. the third kind of empathy uh, is what's called empathic concern. This is really interesting. It, the model for this actually comes from a good parent, from a parent who tunes into a child, huh. lets her know that she's understood, that she's cared about, that she'll be nurtured, supported, protected. And there's a, a strong uh, school of thought in the leadership world that says leaders should be doing this for workers, that if workers feel you have their back, you, they feel you care about them, that you're not just trying to you know, manipulate them, for example, but you want what's best for them too, then they will feel loyal. Then they'll feel that you know, you're more a family than uh, people at odds. You're on the same page. You're working for the same targets and so on. So I think all, all three kinds of empathy are important, and actually you could have a deficit in any one of them. What's interesting to me is you bring up that, you know, you see it across so many areas that there is this deficit and you, you mentioned business leaders will bring it up and, and there's research on it. Why then is there such a deficit in a lot of people's minds throughout business, throughout places of employment? Why does it keep happening? Why is there not an improvement in it? Well, I think that uh, this is a sign that leaders are not being chosen or promoted for the right abilities. Mm, interesting. Uh, uh, you know, lots of people who happen to be the boss were put there for uh, reasons other than what makes them effective or productive or competent <laughs> in the role. I, you know, uh, and it means, you know, someone who was really outstanding individually, for example, might be promoted to head of a team or head of a unit or division because they were so good when they're on their own, but they just don't have the empathy. They don't have the influence abilities. They don't have the negotiation or the teamwork or collaboration skills that you see in the most outstanding leaders. So I think it's simply an artifact of, of uh, you know, the reality that HR often makes decisions that aren't really the good ones. I do like your perspective there, that just because somebody is, and we talk about this with other other people as well, that just because someone's good or great at their job doesn't make them an ideal fit for leading others. And, and I, I feel like that's where you say that's a lot of the, the disconnect is happening with the workplaces today. Well, you know, I make this point, uh, you know, in the book Focus and many of my other books on emotional intelligence, that the skill set that lets you work toward your goals effectively and manage yourself effectively is very different from the social skills that make you uh, the kind of leader that people love to work for. And you may be promoted for the first set, but not yet have developed the second. There are a couple items that I had seen that you had mentioned um, and talking about a relationship with hierarchy and with power and how those things play a factor in recognizing empathy or focus or you know, different areas that can relate to the topic we're talking about. Could you fill us in a little bit on, on where hierarchy and power falls in? Yeah, this is uh, really startling data comes out of the University of California looking at the relationship between power and attention. It turns out the more powerful person, say, when you're talking to them, pays less attention to the less powerful person. The less powerful person pays keen attention to the more powerful. And you can see this in an organization. The interesting metric for it is how long does it take person A to answer an email from person B? They've mm. actually mapped the entire organizational hierarchy of companies Based on lag time, uh, you're going to get right back to the boss, but he may take a little while getting back to you. 
That's uh, it is fascinating to see that, and and you know, just you saying that, it, I think it's got to resonate with people that are are listening out there. That is how it works, consciously or subconsciously, it does feel that way. Let's get into trying to help the executives, the upper management individuals out there. What are some ways to prevent this from happening and improve upon this empathy that we want to have in the workplace? Well, one of the things that helps us get better at any uh, skill or competence is feedback. If you can be in a situation where you get feedback on your empathy, uh, it will only improve. Now, that's a little rare, and you're not going to do it on the job. You're not going to ask your direct reports. Uh, But you can informally uh, corroborate your hunches about what's going on in person by asking them indirectly. You know, uh, for example, uh, I'm getting the feeling that you're not really understanding what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Well, you're asking for feedback when you say that. Uh, and you can do it in relationships. You can do it, you know, with your kids. There's another thing you can do, which is to enhance uh, your own uh, willingness or attitude about empathizing. I did when I wrote Focus, uh, the book that all this material is in. Uh, I was really giving the why to care about this, but the how to do it is in a set of uh, audio instructions I did with. Um, uh, outfit called More Than Sound, one word, morethansound.net. And uh, I uh, give instructions for enhancing different kinds of focus, concentration, and so on, but also for enhancing the attitude that leads to empathy, where you really want to tune into the other person, really want to care. That's the second thing you can do. And a third thing you can do is to remind yourself that it matters, hmm. that uh, you will be a better leader if you can tune in and take the time not just to focus on your own thoughts, your own goals, but to think about the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, how are they reacting? What are they wanting in the situation? Uh, there's a style of leadership called coaching. It's not mentoring. It's having a one-on-one conversation with a person, not about the job, but about them. What do you want from your life? What do you want from your career? What do you want from this job? How can I help you? And it helps you tune into that person. It's going to help you put things in a way that matters to them, for example. It'll help you understand, you know, what are their emotional buttons and, and where do they want to go in life. So it creates a great loyalty from, from people who are working for you toward you, but it also gives you critical information for empathy. When we look at, as you said, you know, you're, you're trying to find the right people that are going to be these leaders and maybe you're putting the wrong people in the wrong spots – Taking it all the way back even to the educational side, I mean, do you see that as being a place you can start to instill this as opposed to just focusing always on the business skills and and different abilities that we, we tend to think about with leaders? But how about that empathetic side? I mean, can that be something that's taught? Uh, ever since I wrote Emotional Intelligence about 20 years ago, I've been a big advocate of what's called social-emotional learning. Hmm. There are programs in school that teach kids you know, how to manage themselves, how to manage their impulse, how to tune into other people, how to understand, for instance, how what they just did to that kid made that kid feel. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's the core of empathy. Right. Uh, tuning into the consequences of your actions on the person uh, that received that action. And they teach that to kids, you know, kindergarten through senior year in high school uh, in different ways as they get uh, more mature developmentally, but it sticks. And those kids come out being better able to get along with other kids, better able to work on a team, to collaborate, and better able to lead. 
Well, Dr. Goldman, I do appreciate the, the conversation. I think it is an important topic to discuss. And we always like to give our guests the floor at the end to give our listeners a final takeaway. So if you're speaking to those executives, those management professionals out there, what would be the lasting impression you want to have them uh, think about after having this conversation? Well, I think for empathy, the key is to stop a minute, tune into the other person, consider what's going on from their point of view, and then act from there. I think that is a great way to wrap things up here today. Unfortunately, we do have to close out this edition of Management Decisions here on LJN Radio. We've been speaking with Dr. Daniel Goleman, the co-director of the Consortium for Research on Emotional Intelligence in Organizations, the author of Focus, The Hidden Driver of Excellence, and again, a must-read as a LinkedIn influencer over there on LinkedIn. Dr. Goleman, thank you once again for taking the time with us. We do appreciate it. Tim, it was a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, we always want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. 